OHL hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Boat Podcast. Originating from the 570 News Studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. So last weekend, I was trying to do the math. We did about 1,400 kilometers, uh, nine periods, 180 minutes of hockey, two countries, three cities, and through all of that time, 85 hours away from the region by the time we rolled back in early Monday morning. And through all of that time, the most engagement we got on any tweet we sent out or any social media post we made was about the food that we ate in the media rooms while we were away. But it was good food, though. I don't blame our listeners at all and our Twitter followers. It's good hockey. Yeah, but the food. (laughs) You don't need to be a hockey fan to enjoy the food. You're right about that. And fans of the game can see the hockey whenever they want not so often do fans find their way to media rooms so that's why i think they like it sue saint marie to flint to saginaw for us last weekend uh and because of the engagement on the posts about the food we got to eat we have decided that what we need is an undisputed ranking of media rooms in the ontario hockey league so you're welcome this edition of the farwell and pope podcast We'll get around to that in just a bit. I think uh, there might be some dispute. I don't think there is. Oh, okay. I, I think I can convince you. No, you're, you're right. There, wow. there might be some dispute. I think I, I have it correct, but that's fine. We'll figure it out. There's an undisputed number one. Nobody's going to dispute that. Yeah. I used to think it was someone else, but we can get to that yeah, later. Yeah, okay. We will get to that. That's, while a, that's we, what we call a tease. While we get started, and you mentioned Twitter, at Farwell underscore OHL. And at underscore Chris Pope. But it would, be make, it would make some sense to, uh, to start this one out by talking about some things that, the, uh, well, that, that are going well and, and we still need to work on. One of the things that I think, Popper, is going well is the Ontario Hockey League. We talked about this on an earlier podcast around uh, Owen Tippett. Yeah. Suspended indefinitely. What for? What happened? How many games? Et cetera. We eventually found out it was a four-game ban, I do believe. I believe so, yes. I'm not sure, though. In this case, we had seen first uh, on Twitter from our buddy Aaron Cooney, who calls the games with the Erie Otters, uh, that Brendan Kishnick had been hammered, and I do mean hammered from behind in a game versus Kingston. Uh, Aaron kept us all updated on Brendan's recovery, which was quick, which was great, because when you saw the hit, look out. But lo and behold, this week the OHL comes out with not only the release about the amount of discipline dispensed to Cameron Huff, but a video explanation of it. This is exactly what we want to see. It is exactly what we want to see. I love the fact that they released the video. It's a big suspension, as you mentioned, 15 games for the double cross check. Um, I love the fact that they sent out the email linked to the video, showed why it's 15 games, showed why they deemed it suspendable. This is the transparency media has been asking for from this league. And fans too. I think yeah. fans deserve it as well, right? Sure. They can go on the OHL website and look at things, but you want to know, if you're a fan in Kingston yeah. and you see Cameron Huff take a guy out like he took out Kishnick, you want to know, when am I going to see Cameron Huff again? Well, and what I also think that it does is those fans that are going to Leon's center, is that what it's called now? Sure. Leon center uh, in Kingston, and they're talking, you know, why isn't he playing? A fan that knows 
standing right next to him is going to pull up his phone and show him the hit. It it's driving traffic to your website, right? That's where you sell ads on your website. So it's a it's a it's a revenue generator. And if you can drive people to your website and have people going there and you're going to have those people in the stands showing other people, this is what you missed. This was the hit the other night in Erie. I think it's just better for the league. It's going to you know, drive traffic to your website. It allows everyone to know what's going on. Everyone's on the same page. Um, and you explained why it's 15 games. I mean, I w- with 15 games for sure, do they need to be coming out with a video for every two games? Like no. a two-game suspension? But at least a, at least a tweet. That's... Yeah, they don't need, I don't think they need necessarily a video every time or even ever, quite frankly. I I like it. I like that they've done it. But the the piece that has been missing on occasion, and the league has gotten better. We were really on this last year, but it's, it's getting better, the league is. But the missing piece has always just been the explanation. Yeah. Forget the out indefinitely. I know... It takes a few days from the end of the weekend games to get things processed and run through the offices and stuff, but you just have to let people know. Post it, send out the release, let everybody know. And, of course, the other side of it, too, is if you're an Erie and you feel that your team has been victimized, as Brendan Kishnick was, then you want to find out, well, what did that guy get for doing that to our player? And 15 games, you and I were chatting about it just before we turned on the microphones here today, and uh, I I can see it. I would have thought 10 but when you watch the video, it's the double cross check. And I think it's that second one up around the back of the head that earns the additional five onto what I thought would have been 10 initially. I thought the secondary cross check was the one that got him all 15. The first one at the lower back, it it was in a dangerous position that far away from the boards. Um, if you haven't seen the video, we'll toss it up on our Twitter too. Um, but I thought the lower cross check wasn't that bad. If the, if Kishnick goes into the boards after that lower cross check, I don't think we see much because he was going to go in feet first. But he had just stopped, and then that secondary cross check to the head where he came down on him and shoved him into the boards. That's the one that's suspendable for me. It's a clear shot to the head. It's a player in an extremely dangerous position that you just put him in, and the cross check to the head. I mean, that's fifteen. That's where we differ just a little bit. I still think the initial cross-check, too, again, because you talked about the distance from the boards. These are the things that we've been talking about for years about getting out of the games. These are the things, these are the reasons for having the stop sign on the back of minor hockey jerseys, right? We got it. If if that hasn't been eliminated yet, and that that would bring, I think, maybe maybe it would have only been eight, but either way, that would have brought a suspension unto itself. I just thought it was a little low for a suspension. The cross-check that that I think is more vicious and, and deserves that suspension is the higher ones up around the top of the shoulders because that's going to send you in head first. Right. The cross-check around the lower back, your feet almost go in first and it takes your feet out from under you. Still dangerous for sure. Um, but I thought the second, the second one obviously was much worse. Okay. If that's something that is going well, people are listening. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, OHL head offices, for checking out the Farwell and Pope podcast. And if you're checking it out for the first time, we normally don't sound like this. We're both sick. Well, we did do that 1,400-kilometer, <laughs> three-city, two-country tour. Yeah, I think everyone gets, the, gets sick around this time of the year. It's the soup yeah, Everyone. Yeah. Anyway. You're right. So that is something that is going well. But, Mike, we were someone brought to our attention something that people aren't listening to. Shout out to our colleagues in Hamilton who uh, listened to the most recent Farwell and Pope podcast en route to calling a game up in the sound. And here's the thing. I've talked about this. I know I've been criticized for talking about it as much as I do. That's fine. I said the other week on the podcast, and I'm going to continue saying it. It's really simple, okay? When it comes to three stars, Popper, what's the rule? 
Always pick three. And. Oh. You're so funny. <laughs> that was actually a pretty good line. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, two stars for the winning team. One for the losing team. 99.8% of the time. Fine. 99.8%. That, that makes sense, though. It's pretty easy, right? Yes. So if I were to tell you that the Bulldogs were 7-6 winners in a shootout in Owen Sound this week, Bulldogs 7, attack 6, who gets two of the three stars, Popper? The attack. As no. it turns out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The game up in Owen Sound. Yes. So the three stars of the game, Arthur Kaliev with a hat trick for the Bulldogs, star First, number one. Okay. Sean Dursey with four apples. Oh, great player. Great player, great game. Yep. Star number two. Okay. Kevin Hancock, a goal, three apples, third star. Okay, now my question to you here. That, yes. I understand that Kevin Hancock is an Owen Sound attacker. That gives the losing team two stars. Correct. But... Is this one of those one point or two or point two percent times? Four points. I don't care. That's a lot. Or four apples? You said a goal and four apples? No, a goal and three. For, yeah, so four points. Yeah, four points for Hancock, four points for Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Four assists for Matthew Strom, who plays for the Bulldogs. Mm. Three assists for Brandon Sajan, who plays for the Bulldogs. Yeah, he's good. Two goals and one assist for Mackenzie Entwistle, who plays for the Bulldogs. All options that you could have chosen. I will give, because we know a little bit about the difficulty in picking stars in a shootout game or an overtime game, the way it works in our building in Kitchener is we have to, it's like a relay. It's like a game of telephone tag, right? So you have to send it to one group who has to send it to the next group, and there's all these timing issues. And in a tie game late in the third, we're getting requests, hey, where are the three stars? It's still a little silly, isn't it? It seems to be, but let's not even go there. But, so in in a shootout game, I get that there might have been a, you know, it it could be. I, I'm I'm almost willing to give the Bay Shore the benefit of the doubt on that, but two for the winner, one for the loser. I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say this is one of those times. Four points. You mentioned four assists for yeah, for but, Strom, right? Yeah, four yeah. assists for Strom, four assists yeah, for Dursey. See, I don't like Strom could have been bad. He could have had homers. Strom could have been really bad. Homers. He could have had. Strom was a plus two. Dursey was a plus four. Plus four in a seven six game. I, listen. Homers. Sean Dursey's good. That's all. He is. Two for the winners, one for the loser. That's how three stars work. I'm going to give a pass. You can all you want, but I'm not. That's okay. Well, I'll make sure this gets through. We're gonna, we're gonna, this is going to become understood before the end of the season. What I, what I can't wait is I hope other media members listen to this, and I hope fans that listen to it continue to send stuff to us about like, hey, you know, Saginaw gave two to the losing team, and then but then the media person who select the selected the stars then issues their three stars p- picture with an explanation, just like the, the league does. Here's why I didn't give two stars to the winner. You're funny. You're funny. By the way, anything you want to hear discussed on the podcast or you just want to know why we even bother doing this, hashtag ask F and P. F, F. for Farwell, an N, and then P for Pope. We both had the same idea. F like and that. P. People are like, what? F and All right. Along our travels this weekend, uh, as mentioned, we were through Flint, Michigan, and oh my, oh my, oh my, it's been a dreadful start to the season in Flint, uh, made more dreadful by the sudden resignation of head coach Ryan Ulan. So while we were in Flint, we had the opportunity to catch up with uh, Firebirds general manager Barclay Branch for a chat. Why don't we just start by, uh, you know, how, how taken aback you were when you got the news from Ryan? 
we were all taken aback by it. It, it, uh, it was something that where we really had to brace ourselves after we, we you know, got uh, the news from Ryan. But once some time settled in, and by that I mean minutes, really, it, it was like, okay, uh, this is a game. Um, family and health are are the most important here and so it's time to step back it's the right thing to do for you it's the right thing to do for your family and uh we came to that uh you know that thought really really quickly and uh, then of course you start you start feeling for for ryan and uh and and what he uh, has been going through so at first it was it shocked us all but as uh, as the news sort of settled in we uh we uh, were able to, to wrap our heads and hearts around it and, and fully understood uh, the decision that Ryan was, was making. I'm assuming it was a face-to-face meeting. And what was that meeting like? Well, actually, Ryan reached out to me in the morning and said that he'd like to, to, to meet up and, and have a discussion. And, and quite honestly, uh, what I thought at the time was we were probably going to be talking about billets, school, you know, I mean, those types of things. And so I, I was not prepared to, to walk in to, to talk with him and, and have that kind of news uh, delivered. But uh, but it was it was a face-to-face meeting. Um, it, as I said, it kind of came out of the blue. Uh, it was unexpected. It took some time to digest. And then once we did, understood, and then had to move forward with a, with a plan for both, you know, the Firebirds and, and for the, the Ulihans. Fourth season here in Flint for the franchise, Barkley, and uh, there have been a few bumps in the road along the way. Tough start to this season, obviously. Uh, how would you rate the stability of the franchise right now? I think the, the franchise has never been stronger, it really. I mean, uh, this, is, this is, of course, my second season in, in Flint. <clears throat> so I can speak to, you know, last season moving into this season, probably more so than than years previous. But um, we all feel really good about the strength of the franchise, the solidarity of the franchise, the stability of the franchise. So uh, we, we, we all feel good about that. When I say we all, I think, you know, players, staff, everyone involved uh, uh, has never felt better in terms of where we're at. And, and how strong the, the franchise is. We we have an unbelievable following here, a really great fran- fan base, and, uh, you know, very enthusiastic, uh, fully support our, our group and, and uh, do it in a very unique way, and we're very fortunate to have that backing, and that just adds to the, the you know, the the solidarity of, of, of the group and, and the stability of, of what we have going on. Last year, there were some moves made with Kamano and Moore and then Matt. And, and going back even further, a guy like Will Bitton. I guess have a big piece in tied to Landria. You mentioned where this franchise is at. Where is it at on the product on the ice? I think that the, uh, you know, the first, you know, eight games of this, of this season um, is, is an unfair uh, illustration, I guess you could say, or, or you know, uh, an, an unrealistic type illustration of, of of where we're at. We right now we're we're a group that has been uh, plagued by some key injuries, and it, and, it, and I, I got to be honest with you guys, it's it's you know I've worked in this league now for over twenty years, and I've never been through anything like this, and, and so. I give credit to everybody here involved, especially the kids, because they've been resilient. They've re- they've worked extremely hard. Their level of commitment is very high. 
So, I, I mean, I can't say enough about the, the group we have and, and, and where, where those characteristics come from is, is, is our captain, is Ty Delandria. And he is, um, you know, a, a massive foundation piece for this group moving forward. And, and um, you know, you ask Ty and you ask any one of our players, it, you know, once our group gets healthy, uh, we feel really good about, um, you know, where we'll be moving forward and, and, and how, you know, we're going to improve a great deal as, as things move along here. Really appreciate your time on this. Thanks so much, Barkley. Okay, it was great being with you guys. Thanks very much. Unconfirmed reports, Mike. I heard about the conversation that Barclay Branch had with newly appointed head coach. News coming down today. Eric Wellwood, the head coach. And I heard in the conversation that Barclay had with Eric. Do you want to hear how he asked him? I would love to know. He said, Eric, well, would you be the coach? Is that, I mean, does that constitute the amount of prep you put into this podcast? <laughs> I, I was thinking about that on the ride in, and I was laughing to myself. <laughs> I thought it would have been, hey, Eric, how many Memorial Cups do you have? Oh, three. three? You're in. Come, yeah. on, come on over. Two as a player with the Spitz in 0910. And then another one as an assistant in the schwa when they won it in 15. Yeah, I had a cup of, cup of coffee in the National League. Um, if you remember him in the OHL, he was fantastic. He, sure. was a, he was a great player. I think it's one of those moves that I like how Barclay did it fast. We're not waiting. I know my guy. I'm going to go get him. And we're just going to get this over with. Because the bad press around Flint since they've come into the league from the water crisis to the owner to now the head coach to the 0-9 start, it hasn't been pretty. So if you can get out of the way and get your coach in there and turn the narrative quickly, I think it does a lot for that hockey club. But in the same sentence, you and I were just there. That's a hockey team that I thought played pretty well. And watching them warm up for the game and stuff, they're not hanging their heads. They don't, they're not, it didn't seem like they were that upset for their 0-8 start at the time. Um, so it's a loose group. And I think a guy like Eric Wellwood that's been in the league has been a part of two of the premier organizations in this league in Windsor and Oshawa, I think can really do a lot for that club, in my mind. He comes over from the University of Windsor Lancers where he had been coaching. I'm a little surprised, and who knows who got a look or who had a conversation, mm-hmm. but Chris Lazary, who's an assistant in Saginaw right now, former head coach of the Waterloo Siskins as well. Uh, but I, I, I'd be surprised if he didn't at least get a phone call about this, although Troy Smith and Saginaw would have hung on tooth and nail because they make a pretty good team over there. They've got a good staff right now. That would have been a, a loss. But Tough to go from the Western Conference leading team. To a team that's without a win, well, too. Yeah, it's true. But there's something though about being the head coach, right? For sure, for sure. But you, if you're in a good situation, you want to start the uh, Ryan Ulihan back to North Bay rumors now. Ooh, is, is this, that what you is heard? This a place to do it? Sure. Well, I mean, doesn't it make some sense? Maybe. Well, it's possibly. Up. Stan Butler's not exactly well these days. We're told. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. If it comes to pass, remember this is where you heard it. If it doesn't come to pass, uh, you know. Chirp me on Twitter like you always do anyway. I think my boy Adam Dennis is ready to take over up there. Oh, yeah, of course. Here we go. Shout out to the... Shout out Denny. And Yeah, to another goalie. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Also, while we were in Flint, a couple of things that... um, Well, first of all, so you heard at the end of that conversation with Barclay Branch and and Chris asked him about uh, Ty DeLandry and the importance that he is to the team. Uh, You had a a conversation, and I I loved it, 
uh, with their play by play and, and media guy, uh, Dominic Hennig, who's a, who's a great guy. We, we love running into him. He does a really good job. Uh, but you asked Dom too, uh, about, you know, because you look at the team, you're thinking you're probably going to be in fire sale mode come January the 10th, right? Let's just gut the thing and start from For scratch. Sure. But before you, we hear this clip describe, because you told me the look on Dom's face when you asked the question that we're about to hear the answer to. Yeah, not calling Dom out here, but I, I honestly thought he was going to get emotional when I asked him about the possibility of Ty DeLandria not finishing the season as a Flint Firebird. You could see the look of dread, of worry, of concern, and sadness in his eyes. It, it was. It was, and I get it. You know, Dom and, and Ty have essentially been through this whole thing together. Dom is so close to the team, around the team all the time, and Ty DeLandria was that first player, as I'm sure we'll hear from, from Dom, that said, you know, no, I'm going to Flint. They drafted me amidst all this crisis, but I'm going there. That's who, the team that took me, and that's where I'm going. And it says a lot about Ty DeLandria, the guy. And I think if you ever questioned the impact that Ty DeLandria has had on that organization and on our good friend Dom, you'll find out here. So here's how Dom's look sounds. I can't imagine what the outcry would be if he doesn't. Uh, this franchise has been through too much. That might be the nail in the coffin, honestly, um, because he is the Flint Firebirds. He encompasses everything we do. He's on every game program cover, pocket schedule. We print 50,000 of those uh, glasses or mugs that we sell in the concession stands. He billboards, TV commercials, radio commercials. It's Ty Delandria. Because for us, American franchise, a brand new one we've been preaching, this is the real deal here this league. The OHL is not a joke. We're going to have first-round draft picks. Well, we said that for three years. Ty Delandria proved we were right, and he's the education process. So, obviously, Barkley Branch and their management staff has to do what they have to do. If we're not going to make it this year, yeah, of course, you want to say, hey, trade him, get three top guys for the next two years. But... <laughs> As the PR guy, I couldn't imagine that day, man. I really could not. It's going to be really interesting. A big decision has to be made, obviously, uh, come January the 10th. And I, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you sell junior hockey in that market without a premier player to sell it with. I don't know either. And that's the scary part. Unless you're getting, like, uh, I don't know. Unless you're getting Will Kiley back or Will Cooley, pardon me. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Because I thought at the start of the season, there was zero doubt in my mind that Ty DeLandria was being traded. Zero doubt whatsoever. I would have put all the money in the world on it. Seeing Dom's face and listening to that answer. Poor Dom. It's like we're picking on him. We really do love the guy, just for the record. No, I think it's great. It tells you exactly, it shows you that insight of why some teams don't trade for a guy. Because if you don't hear that, then you're like, well, why wouldn't they trade him? It's not like sometimes it's not a business. Sometimes it is for sure. But other times it's not all about business. It's about relationships. And I think it says a lot about Ty DeLandria and about Flint that they've created that relationship because it's not just Dom. We heard it from Barclay Branch and I'm sure we'd hear it from any member of that Firebirds organization if asked about Ty DeLandria. He's a great guy. I remember saying to you, season opener. We had the interview, and he was our interview in the pregame Harris Law pregame show, uh, in across the hall, and um, 
after the interview, he stopped, he shook my hand, and he said, thanks a lot, Chris. Hope you have a great weekend. And I'm like, most players to do a pregame interview are like, wrap this up and get out of my face. You know, like, they do it, but you can tell. They're like, you're, you're interrupting my pregame. And Ty DeLander was salt of the earth, great guy, shook the hand, eye contact, remembered my name, the little things that you, that you see in a, in a person that was raised well. And I think that that hasn't gone unseen in Flint. Well, and I guess that's one of the reasons that Dom would have had sad puppy dog eyes when you suggested perhaps that Delandria might be a you know, trade bait For sure. come January the 10th, especially, and I made you, I, I said we have to take this story out and share it on the podcast because I think it's pretty cool when uh, a play-by-play guy gets to go to a star player's cottage for the summer. I think that's wild, right? That's awesome. Isn't it? By the way, I've been asking to, to go to Joe Gareffa's cottage for four years. Oh. I haven't been invited yet. Just putting that out there. I didn't even know he had a cottage. I don't know that he does either. Oh, I'm okay. just throwing that out there. <laughs> we just like to pick on Joe. <laughs> this is a pretty good story, though. So this is my 11th year, I think, doing play-by-play. Six years of NCAA Division One, and, and fourth year in the O, and a year before that. But uh, for those doing the math, but um, never met a better human being. Uh, best human being I've had the chance to work with. Unbelievable family. Here I am, the team's radio guy, and the family invited my girlfriend and I to their cottage this summer in Sundridge, Ontario, just north of Barrie there in Muskoka. Uh, the radio guy, yeah. the star franchise player. Uh, this is post being drafted in the NHL to the Dallas Stars, first round, and they invite the radio guy and his girlfriend to their cabin. It just goes to show you the type of family uh, that they are, and it's been a pleasure to work with them, and I'm happy that he's the team's captain. Seriously, I'll still go to Joe Gar- his cottage. Even if he doesn't have one, I'll just go. I'll go to anyone's cottage. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care. Is there water? Perfect. It's all you need. All right. I'll bring the beer. We got and the, we'll enjoy ourselves. We got the ice for the winter. We got the water for the summer. Everything's good. One more thing that came out of Flint. All this talk about Ty Delandria, Stars prospect. The Kitchener Rangers have a Stars prospect of their own in Riley Damiani. Just drafted fourth round this past June. And he took a pretty good hit in the third period. Yeah, Ty Delandria and Riley know each other from the camp because Delandria was a first rounder, and then a year ago, not just this year, this year, yeah, this year. Man, oh man, they grow up so fast, (laughs) right? (laughs) That's crazy to think. But yeah, so they were drafted in the same year, obviously in the host city in Dallas. Um, But yeah, Riley Damiani goes down in the third period, and what looked like to be an upper body injury. Well, when you skate over to the bench, hunched over, it doesn't look good. No, right? No, it doesn't. And then you essentially sit down on the bench for. 30 seconds before you and the athletic therapist, Corey Burke, go back to the room for five to eight minutes. It was a little scary for Rangers fans. So but we, I wonder, Mike, what happened, Riley? See, and this is where Popper gets right at this stuff in his post-game interviews. He doesn't pull punches. He goes right for the jugular. You left uh, about midway through the third with looked like to be an upper body injury. How are you feeling? I'm good. Uh, I came back, so uh, I guess everything's good. You going to tell me what happened? Um, came back on the bench and uh, I just told Greg that I uh, had a little hangnail and uh, Berkey, our trainer, just ripped it off and, and that was it. I got back in the game. Hangnail. Hangnail. <laughs> Dan Leibold would be so proud of Riley. Uh, Isn't that gold? Well done. He, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I asked him how he was feeling off mic and he was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, well. I like to get, if I'm going to ask a question like that, I want them to know. I don't want to catch them off guard. I'm not there to try to make them look silly. So I said, just a heads up, I'm going to ask you about it. 
and then he throws out the hangnail. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was perfect. What an answer. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I love that stuff. It's a little, pretty good. A little colorful, right? You can cool. have a sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And yeah, don't give Pope a straight answer. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, I like that, though. It shows that personality. Everyone knew it wasn't a hangnail. But it, I understand if you don't want to tell me what, what it was. That's fine. Just give me something. Next question. Me something. Yeah. Next question. If he says, sorry, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay. But it's my job to ask. Right. So as long as they understand that I have to ask, they can say whatever they want. Ask you did. All right, uh, people have been asking, and I find this fascinating, but, well, maybe you don't. Because it, it's, it's one of the great things about our job is that when we go to these rinks, and we, we do go hours in advance to begin our preparations and conduct the necessary interviews and get all of our equipment set up and whatnot, but there are media rooms where we get notes, we gather with colleagues, we banter, and we eat. I, I, I want to stress this. I know it will go forgotten almost immediately. Okay. But all I, all I really care about is a hot cup of coffee. If you've got a slice of pizza there as well, I, I think I'm being treated well. The problem is some of these arenas now, some of the teams in the O have gone above and beyond. Yeah. And now there's a bar that's like way up here. And then you get to notice those that don't quite meet that bar. All I, well, I'm not going to lie. I like the food. I like the food. There's something about a pregame because it feels like you're a pregame meal. But it's you know? not It's not like we feel that we're owed that is no, what I'm kind of getting at. Of right? course Just not. A cup of coffee, a slice of pizza wouldn't hurt to give us something to fill our bellies before the game. I'll even take a bag of popcorn. Okay. Yeah, you do right? like the popcorn. Eh? I don't even care if it's microwave. But Throw truth, some microwave in there. The truth of it is uh, we're, we're pretty spoiled in a handful of rinks. And with this trip we just did, we hit two of the best in the league Hands down. I think the two best in the league, hands down. I agree. Sault so, St. Marie started the trip, just for people unfamiliar. Sault St. Marie started the trip, yeah. then down to Flint, then up to Saginaw, then home. So carry on. Shout out to Muyos in Sault St. Marie, who caters their media room. Muyos? Muyos. Muyos, yeah. I gotta learn how to say it. I know. Muyos, Muyos, Muyos. Muyos. Yeah. Muyos in Sault St. Marie. Shout out to them. I think we agree that the Sioux, no. Sioux is a close second to Saginaw. And the problem is that Saginaw is just a, a buffet of gluttony. You, anything you want that's bad for you is there. Fried chicken, mashed potatoes, gravy, coleslaw, biscuits. Oh, my God, with the biscuits. Pie, donuts, name it. Did I mention the fried chicken yet? I think yes. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just check Macaroni out the, and cheese? Just check out the Twitter account. Three kinds of pies. Honestly. But... Here's where I think we differ, and I know we differ somewhere else, but I put Sault Ste. Marie ahead of Saginaw. What? I do. Because of the fact, you go up to Sault Ste. Marie, and every single time, A, I love the soup option. We talk about the ladies in the soup up there all the time. The minute you walk into the media the room in Sault Ste. Marie, yeah. would you like some soup? Every time. The every door time. is not closed behind you. They won't let you carry it. They bring it to the spot that you sit down in. I feel awful doing it. I don't like it, but I let them do their thing. But each meal, two different kinds of salad. Normally a garden salad and a Caesar salad. I love the little touch of the the hot peppers in the garden salad, the little banana peppers. Great little touch. But I love the health option. You mentioned Saginaw. Great food. Great, great, great food. There's so much of it. Like they must have thrown out so much food. I hope they give it to the homeless. Anyway, but there's 
not one ounce of healthiness why at you, all. Why do you want it? What do you want healthy for? I want that option because I was at the end of the last season, I was in the worst shape of my life. So, and I think it had a large part to do with a lot of the food we eat around here. Yeah. And I think the health option up in the Sioux and... And what's the health option in the Sioux? Did I miss it? The two salads. They're green. I'll take the green. I don't care. It's I saw fine. coleslaw in Saginaw. Coleslaw does not count. I will take the two salads and very important chicken fingers. The coffee. You mentioned the coffee. I don't know what's going on stateside. We can forget about the presidency for a second. That coffee is awful. I don't know what it is. Awful. I don't know how they how they forget to do coffee. You drip hot, wa- hot water over beans. Boom. Coffee. I don't know. They got to figure that out, though, because that was bad. Okay. So you're going on your list of media room spreads. Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm staying Sag Sioux for you're sure. You're flipping it. Number three. And this is, I thought, where we were going to differ. Number three, Windsor. See, I say Kitch. See, and no. And I thought about this because we had this disagreement on the trip because yeah. this is what we do in our spare time while we're away, argue about media room food. <laughs> Your problem with Kitsch is that you get it 34 times a year. I don't know You're if it is. spoiled by it. Yeah, you are. Anyway. You, I, you think that's honestly my problem? So, yes, I absolutely think that's your problem. So I'm wow. going to go in order, Saginaw, Sault Ste. Marie, Kitchener, Windsor, and then probably everybody else. Yeah. Erie is doing pretty well these days. Oh, you know what? Shout out Cooney who got... Uh, Boneless chicken wings? Yeah, chicken wings last time. Chicken yeah. wings always wins. And some nacho chips. I love them. Give me some tortillas. Yeah, whatever. I was more worried about the the wings. But I, I'm with you. I think it's Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw, Windsor, everyone else, Mississauga. Wait a minute. You're taking Kitchener off the list? No, nah, they're in with everyone else right now. You are joking. Did you hear Steve Clark from St. Catharines, Niagara Ice Dogs? Yeah. Sent us a picture of the soup, soup. that they're serving. Yeah. You're, putting, you're putting the buffet that we get in Kitchener in with the soup option. Listen, I'll say this. Some days, they crack the top four. Some days. Oh, my gosh. Some you days. But late, are a horrible person. I don't, like, this, this, lately with the Oktoberfest, you're in the top four for sure. But some, I don't know. You're I, spoiled. You're I know. Spoiled. I, I am. Yeah. I, you, I, I know you, I am. You go do 34 games a year with Steve Clark. And, and Eddie Burkholder. Right. Kitch might be up there. Right? And then Top. eat soup. Eat soup before the game for 34 nights a year. And then come to Kitchener. And you'll have three helpings. Yeah. You're spoiled. No, you're right. But, you, okay. know, you know what? Everybody, I want you to save this on your phone. Mike, you're right. I was wrong. Kitchener's in number four. Then everyone else. Then Mississauga. Right. I, I think Mississauga does deserve 21st place. Although, Man. at least they have pizza. Which apparently we Niagara went, doesn't this year. We went there for the school day game last year, and there was coffee and Timbits, and then a couple muffins. I that remember, was it. I remember a game years back, and it was a Sunday afternoon as well in Sudbury. And I hadn't eaten breakfast that day. I thought, that's okay. I just grabbed, you know, I'll get a little something in me at the rink, right? A piece of pizza. They Usually what they had in Sudbury way back was uh, subs, but they were like the big long ones they'd cut into a little piece. Yeah, but either way, you get, I'll little, take it. you get a little bit of a sandwich, right? For sure. And that day, there was a problem with the order. So the only thing I got in the media room was a cup of coffee. And I was already hungry. Yeah. But my own fault. I should have eaten beforehand. You know what? I wouldn't even care. Like I said, I don't think, like I, we're sitting here ranking the, the food and we're thankful for everything. Like we are. 
from top to bottom, even to Mississauga. I'll take the free coffee and the tidbits. It's fine. I get it. They almost always have pizza in there. They didn't I, have pizza last year. It was a day game. It was a breakfast game. Remember school day game uh, with all those screaming kids? Yeah, I remember the school day game. I don't remember yeah. not getting pizza. No, remember there was pizza at the second intermission, and one of our media members went down and got me a slice. Right. Right? Yes. Um, pizza came late. Must not have opened in time. Uh, I'd even just take a little, like, like a card. Go into the media room, and you grab a card, and it gets you, like, a, a free slice from the canteen. You know, or like, hey, here, go get yourself something free from the canteen. <sighs> you're such a rookie. I, mean, I hate to say that to you, but you are. Why? Because now you're bringing up memories oh. of what should be the premier franchise slash media room in the league in our nation's capital. Mm. And when because oh, they, ah, right. It, Ottawa is one of the worst. There was a time you had to. You had to time your entrance to the media room to get one of the eight boxes of St. Hubert's chicken they had out, right? Yeah. That's all they would provide. But then, as and, and whatever, again, I'm complaining about free food, but you get more than eight people in a media room. Sometimes in Kitchener, what do we see, 30? Same yeah. in Windsor, a lot of these places. Anyway, in Ottawa for a while, during the renovation, we had to, when we signed in at the front desk as a media member, they gave us a ticket. You then took that ticket to one of the concessions for a hot dog and a pop. I'd even take it. I didn't take it either. No, I would. I, I said that, like, that's fine for me. It was the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing ever. So you're, you're spoiled. Well, I, I am spoiled. Because what's want, wrong with that? You, you just said you wanted do, hot You said you wanted coffee and maybe a sliced pizza. You got a hot what, dog. Because what you want to do is get there, get to your media room, get a table where you can have, start working yeah. on your notes, grab your cup of coffee. Instead of going off to concession stand 34, and cashing in your coupon for a free hot dog. I'm sorry. I get it. Is oh. a hot dog a sandwich? No, it's a hot dog. Okay. Okay. So it is, for me, Saginaw, Sault Ste. Marie, Kitchener, Windsor. And Windsor gets elevated because Mrs. Reichel serves the dinner. Phenomenal. I, and then everybody else. I still can't believe you have Windsor below Kitchener, but... They're, they're I got pretty this. much the same because they, they do everything right in terms of the layout of the media room, which is a whole other conversation when you're squeezed yeah. in sometimes yeah. in these media rooms. But the layout, the food options, it's fantastic. I like it. Um, I, I'm going Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw, Windsor, Kitch, everyone else, then Mississauga. Honorable mention to Erie, which is doing pretty well these days. Yeah. But again... I want that health option. Uh, I need a salad. Yeah, okay. I want a salad. Let's see if he still feels the same in January. I want a salad. I know. He wants a salad, folks. He wants a salad. I'm a healthy guy, obviously, by the look of me. That's sarcasm. What do you think think the consensus is league-wide, though? I know we're staying on food just for a second, but do you think the consensus is Sault Ste. Marie? Do you think the consensus is SAG? It would be tough, but hey, you can let us know. If you're a fellow media member listening in, ask... FNP is the uh, hashtag. Let us know what you think. Or just tweet at us. Doesn't matter. At Farwell underscore OHL. At underscore Chris Pope. And I think uh, we, we've we been talking. I think we're going to get some of the players' um, opinions on some of these ranks around the league. We talked about Joseph Greff and the Tim Hortons. Yes. Heard a little tidbit about uh, some of the league showers in the dressing rooms and like dressing room atmospheres. Might be interesting to find out which rink has the best dressing rooms. I'll leave that to you. Good research you're going to uncover. <laughs> I, I love visiting rooms. Like, there's, there's, something, I, there's something so mysterious, I think, if you've never been inside a hockey inside a dressing room in an arena. I always want to know what it's like. Is it small? Do they have benches? Individual stalls? I don't know. There's so many things. Anyway, that's the former player of me. 
I guess it is. Yeah, I, I wasn't good enough to play in this league. <laughs> All right, that may be a topic of discussion on a future Farwell and Pope podcast. For now, we got uh, we got to get going and get set for a busy divisional weekend for the Kitchener Rangers. Guelph twice, London once, and uh, by the next time we're talking, there will probably be some separation in the Midwest. If last weekend was a test, this weekend might just be an exam. You know they're the same thing, right? I'm Farwell. I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.